Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is championed. I am Sharissa Wood, a practicing dental hygienist who wants to share my passion for all things hygiene and the oral systemic connection to help empower, encourage, and equip you listeners. Bulletproof Hygiene's ultimate goal is to bring knowledge and tools that facilitate optimal patient care, healthy team culture, and professional fulfillment. If you are a growth-minded hygienist or dental professional looking to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene, then you're in the right place. Now, let's dive in and become Bulletproof together. Welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. I am so glad to have you joining me this week. Um, I will say that today's topic is a little off our beaten path of, of our typical clinical, oral, systemic, or psychology of great patient care. Although, you know me, we're going we're gonna to delve into some of that a little bit. We have to. But today we are focusing on something we haven't talked much about before, but is really important and foundational to why we do what we do. We often talk about our why. And I don't know too many of our dental professionals that are working pro bono with the intent of just helping others. I think it's fair to say that all of us are working hard to be able to support our families, our lifestyle, and our future. So on that note, I'm excited to welcome our guest today, which is Dr. Jill Wade. And Dr. Wade brings over 20 years of experience as a dentist turned businesswoman, as a co-founder of Progressive Finance and an advocate for financial literacy among healthcare professionals, she understands how to navigate the world of finance. She is passionate about helping the dental and medical community find financial freedom and security, not just for the practice itself, but for the individual providers as well. Jill has spent her career finding innovative ways to optimize oral health by thinking about the big picture, not by putting blinders on and only thinking about teeth. She is the co-author of the books Address the Stress, The Relevant Guide to Dental Wellness, and Hygiene with Heart, and she is also the co-host of Simplified Health, which is a podcast that bridges the gap between medicine, dentistry, and genetics. So without further ado, Dr. Wade, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad to be here. I love it when I have a whole group of passionate hygienists in front of me. Like, I know we're going to change and save lives when I get such passionate people in front of me. So I can't wait. Yes, I love it. Well, I am super grateful. We are super grateful for your time and expertise and think that you are the perfect guest for our listeners today because you understand the world of dentistry so well. And really, I know what I know about you is you have three missions that I think resonate with all of us. Financial stability, reduced stress, who doesn't want that, and optimizing oral health. And I know you're going to share some great tips and tricks today from all of these aspects, but would you kick us off a little bit by just sharing your journey to becoming this advocate and guide? Absolutely. I mean, we just shared a few minutes ago. Um, that both of us have been Beldonine trained. And for those of you who understand who those people are and what that's all about, let's just say that is um, oral systemic link on crap. Can we at least agree on that? Yes. <laughs> like, if you want to know how to understand and implement systemic links 
in the dental office, you, you've got to start to either listen, read, or attend one of uh, Dr. Bell and Dr. Donine's courses. And I'm sure you, just like I did, like my whole career was literally changed after the first time I listened to them and really understood that like, we are not just picking and flicking at teeth anymore, right? We are literally saving lives by properly identifying and diagnosing periodontal disease, dental infections, and then doing the therapy that's appropriate for that. And man, I can remember the first time I went, I was so proud of myself. Like I thought I was just providing the best dental care anywhere in the world, you know? And then I went to that first one and I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been missing. I, I think I have been underdiagnosing periodontal disease and I, I freaked out. I won't lie. I literally had a panic attack on the airplane coming back home. Oh man. And then I, I know I literally did because I mean, my whole you know sense and purpose was to take care of my patients. And so I calmed down for a second and then I was like, okay, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then once you know it, what are you going to do with it? And that's when I promised myself that no matter for how many years I ever practiced dentistry, I was always going to take what I had learned that those two days with the fire hose <laughs> uh, and that I was going to implement it into my practice to the best way possible forever. And that's really a, was a big turning point in my career. I love that. Um, and I agree with you. And it is a fire hose of information. And thankfully, there is a great community out there that's that's embracing all of this information and learning and growing. You listeners have heard me tout AOSH a million times mm -hmm. um, yes. because that is such a great way to connect and really learn with these like-minded professionals that you know were once deer in the headlight like we were. We're like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> what have we been missing? Um, yeah. So yes, I totally agree with you on that front. Tell me how, because I know you're passionate about finance, how did that aspect come about for you? Well, sure. So I have been practicing dentistry for almost 28 years now. And so um, over 28 years um, and having what I would consider for myself a very successful practice, uh, I practice in the heart of Frisco, Texas, which is just is north of Dallas, Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, home of the Dallas Cowboy International Headquarters. Um, Yahoo! Um, I made a move right out of school and an AEGD program to go to Frisco when it was 14,000 people. And today it is now over 200,000 people. So I've had the blessing of being involved and watching this community grow and it has been good to my business and I have been good to the community. So after a certain point in dentistry, if you're not careful, it can become Groundhog Day. And every day seemed like the same day. And I just never wanted that to happen. I think that's one of the reasons why I got so excited about what I call wellness dentistry and really practicing uh, a very much a whole whole body thought process when I'm you know, diagnosing, meeting patients, new patient exams. Um, I'm very cosmetically trained and functionally trained as well. 
And then I always believed in the fact that I wanted to empower the entire team to do as much as each one of them possibly could by the license that they all held. That why should I be the only one to do everything? Why not train, teach, educate, empower each team member to be the best that they could be too and to elevate all of us at the same time, which only makes our care for the patients better, right? Absolutely. So a huge part or piece of that was, um, you know, creating a very strong foundation in our business, not just today, but for years um, was hygiene. To me, hygiene is the heartbeat of any dental practice. And when you always are focused on, you know, first of all, hiring the best hygienist that you can, helping them, train them, support them, encourage them, send them to Beldonine, do our own Smile with Heart programs. I mean, all those kinds of things. You're just going to get the best of the best. I mean, the cream of the crop is A, going to rise or they're going to get out. Or you you attract other fantastic employees, right? And so when you do that, guess what happens? You end up having an incredibly successful practice. And, you know, down the road, that usually does equal. And and I'm not afraid to say that because trust me, I've worked my ass off to get it to be successful. So uh, I don't have any, you know, any reservations about sharing that. But what I will say is this, is when you have money, it doesn't necessarily just make you happy, right? It's what can that money do for you? And what kind of influence can you then share to our profession, to um, uh, families in the community, uh, charities, and, and how can you make that money really give back? And so that's where I find myself 28 years into our profession, being financially sound and realizing that so many of our team members and um, other doctors and other medical physicians that I co-manage patients with all the time, just how little we all talk about like financial health and wellness. Yes. It's almost like taboo. Like yes. nobody wants to talk about it. Yes. And and I get it. I wasn't raised with money. My my parents have done fabulous for themselves. They were teachers, coaches, principals, you know, and they worked very far from their money. They they did a great job uh, doing what they knew to do and in investing. I was the first um, doctor in our family. And um, the first person to ever really own their own business, be an entrepreneur. And so we didn't have conversations across the dinner table about, you know, trust and um, uh, different types of whole life insurance policies to create kind of a bank for the family to go to. Like they, they didn't know anything about that. And I don't blame them. They couldn't have the conversations they don't know about. Right. 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 Um Actually, I find with women, it's even harder to find those conversations to have. Um, I've always had uh, financial advisors and they've been great, but they only know what they know. It's kind of like specialists, right? They kind of have blinders on too, and they only think their way is the right way, like 401k plans. And so when I started to realize there were more options and more opportunities out there, um, it really 
well, I'll tell you a story here in a minute, but it really made me realize that somebody's got to get up and somebody's got to take the podium and really start to talk about some of these things, knowing that they know dentistry and they care about the people in it. They care about the profession and they just want everybody to, in the end, be able to work as much or as little as they need or want to. And so that's why I'm excited just to be here and to be able to have this conversation, just starting this conversation for you guys in your community, it's, it's huge. Uh, it's a huge part or piece of how people find their enjoyment, right? Because yes. if you are stressed paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, then how is, how hard is it to come to work and be able to truly care for your patient in a loving and caring way if you're constantly stressed and yes. pulled? Yes. Well, and we always, one of the big things we talk about in Bulletproof is, you know, you can't give out of deficit. And if you're feeling that way, you know, you can't, you can't exactly what you're saying. You can't give. It's the oxygen mask on the airplane. You've got to put the oxygen on yourself and make sure that you're doing well, especially considering, you know, we are talking to patients all day long. We are presenting treatment all day long that costs something. So if we're operating out of a place of deficit from a financial aspect, Mm -hmm then we're talking to patients about making investments. Sometimes that impacts the way we present things to patients. Yes, it does. Mindset on that front. Yes. It can't help but influence you. Right. Well, you know, I would say that, you know, primarily our listeners are hygienists. And I know we do have some doctors and assistants as well that listen. um, And I'm so appreciative of that. But I also know that there are several states now where hygienists can own and operate their own practice, uh, solo independent practice. Mm -hmm. But I would venture to guess that the majority of our listeners are hygienists working for either DSO or private practices that may not feel like they have much stake in the practice. They're relying on their salary, their bonus structures, potentially their 401k to get them to their futures. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on how to help us, because I fall into that category myself, um, with creating some financial stability. Absolutely. I, I think that dentistry still is an amazing opportunity for financial success for even the employees, even if you're not an owner doctor or an owner hygienist or anything like that. You mentioned a couple of things. I'll try to remember exactly what I thought was so great about what you just said. One is for those of you who do have a bonus structure in the practice, I say, congratulations, (laughs) like congratulations. What I'm going to encourage you to do is to understand it to the best of your ability. Sit down, ask the doctor for to sit down and have a cup of coffee or go to lunch and say, hey, I just want to pick your brain. I want to make sure I completely 100% understand the bonus system because it is an opportunity. And if you more than likely are leaders of the practice, if you understand the true bonus strategy, then you as a leader can help instill that knowledge into the rest of the team and lead all of you into hitting it and making it Like really the bonus systems are there to, to not have a ceiling. Right. Right. And so we, those of us who have implemented bonus systems in my practice, we want 
you to bonus. We want that for you. That's why we put it in place. And so as leaders, I say, totally understand. That, that's what I'm going to say. Understand the practices numbers. Know your numbers, yes. right? And if you don't understand why the goal is what the goal is or how you can um, you know, focus on making that better, how you can contribute to making that better, no matter which position you are in the office, that's really important. Yes. Because that is what makes that financial success. And those bonuses are, you know, basically always um, uh, correlated to those numbers. And I'm also going to say this, that we we all and that we talk about our numbers at the practice, right? But how many of you truly sat down with yourself if you're single or with your partner if you're not? And do you know your family's numbers? What are your numbers? I cannot express this enough because once you understand truly what your numbers are, what's coming in, what's going out, and I I dare not say the dreaded word budget, I just say, what are your numbers? Because if you truly will take ownership of that as if your family had a business, You have the business of your family and you are the owner of the business of your family. And do you know your numbers? Because when you do, then you begin to make better decisions based upon those numbers and what your goals and what your dreams are. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, I do have the opportunity to coach a lot of hygienists and it's amazing to me how many don't know their numbers. Um, or what their expectations are. And we talk about all the time in Bulletproof and in my own practice, we talk about the triple win. And I hear a lot of hygienists complain about, you know, well, what's the going hourly rate and what's this and what's that? And they don't necessarily, I encourage hygienists to have that owner mentality and that owner mindset, because if the practice isn't thriving, then they can't pay out bonuses. They can't pay out great salaries. So it is the triple win of practicing well by treating every patient with everything that they need Mm -hmm. so that you're then bringing production collections into the practice and supporting the practice, which then turns around and supports you. So it's got to be that triple win. And, you know, I I always say if you're looking to ask for a raise or ask for a a different bonus situation, you've got to know those numbers because what if you're asking for more than you're bringing in? That doesn't make sense business-wise. So I totally agree with you. Knowing your numbers is everything. And, you know, people get embarrassed because they don't know Sometimes people don't know how to run those reports or, you know, mm-hmm. what that looks like. And and even I bet you would say this to me, doctors don't know yes. what those numbers look like or, or where to find them. And so, Absolutely. you know, I can see as a hygienist, you know, listening to this and thinking, you know what I do? I do need to figure this out and maybe going to the doctor or going to the office manager and maybe not getting an answer. But I think mm-hmm. how you approach that is, hey, I want to improve what we're doing here in the practice. And I feel like as a doctor and a leader to hear that, your ears perk up and go, okay, let's do this together. Uh, You bet they would. I mean, their mouth is going to drop open. Their eyes are going to look like there's a deer in headlights. And they're going to be like, who is this amazing person that just walked up to me and asked me this question? 
And from that moment on, they're going to see you on a totally different level of leadership, of, of, of being a valued employee, somebody they can really go to when they're even taking a new strategy of a new technology or new service that's going to come through the hygiene department. I mean, you want to say job security? Go ask that question. Right, right. Yes. I'll be the first to go if the practice is going downhill, I promise. Right. <laughs> not so, that I hope any of the practices are doing that, that are listening, not. but you know what I mean. Yes, yes. So knowing numbers, super, super important. Um, understanding your bonus system, if you've got that, and how to win at that. Um, what else would you recommend? I would say for those of you who have... Uh, some type of practice that if they are offering some type of 401k um, system, I think a lot of people, oh, that's taking money out of my paycheck. Okay. And I get that that, that could be the first initial thought that you have, but I'm going to tell you, it's one of the best moves that you could make. And whatever percentage, usually it's one, two, or 3% of your salary is kind of, I'm going to say in general, what the, the, the typical situation is, and that they will then match that percentage. I'm going to beg you to please figure out how to live on 3% less of what you are bringing home. And then remember that's taken out pre-tax dollars too. So, um, you will save a little bit from that aspect of it. But if you begin to do that as early in your career as you possibly can, you guys have something called time on your side. And time on your side, it may not seem like a lot. And you you may be like, well, I don't know if it's worth it. Well, your 3% and their 3% and time on your side, you will look up and you will be like, wow, that's really an amazing benefit. And down the road, when you are older, then begin to get to pull that out tax-free. So I say most of the people that I know don't make a great decision and don't participate in a 401k plan. Yeah, it really is an awesome situation for uh, practices that offer that. And I feel like there are more and more practices now offering that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the deal. I mean, I think a lot of professionals are are married. And so um, it's okay, too, if maybe your practice doesn't offer it, but maybe your husband's does, uh, or your wife's does, then have that conversation with each other. Be sure that you know, if they are being offered one. And if they are, then fine. It, it's yours. It's theirs. It doesn't really matter. Like, both of you participate if each yes. one of you have it, right? I yes. mean, it's just, you know, a couple of Starbucks that you say no to or dinner out one evening that you say no to. And and it's a big, it's a big, I, I think of it like a legacy play, a longer play. Like you got to think of the short-term goals and, and plays and strategies. And then you got to think of the long-term ones. And so that definitely is a long-term one that I say do. Now, with that being said, um, 
the stock market is definitely uh, up and down right now, and a little cray cray and a little unpredictable. So am I telling you to put all of your money in the stock market in a 401k? And for those doctors that are listening and max it out to its maximum, uh, no, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying a reasonable amount um, for diversity. So here's one of my other philosophies is when you are talking about somebody's overall financial freedom and and wellness and a strategy for long-term success, I, I really suggest that you look at diversity. And diversification is not all of your eggs in one basket. It's not just a 401k plan for the strategy down the road. It's multiple ones. Uh, if you guys ever have an opportunity to, you know, purchase your home, Purchasing a home versus leasing an apartment, I think, is another financial strategy that we don't think of as a financial strategy, but it is. You're just thinking about it as, oh, we're young, we're ready to buy our new first home. No, ladies and gentlemen, this is a this is a financial choice and a good choice right. because you could spend years in an apartment basically paying for somebody's asset. Or you can live in your own home, probably for less payment per month, and now you are paying for your own asset. Yes. And at some point down the road, you you have something to show for that money that you just invested. And I don't want people to be afraid of going on and buying their own homes just because the interest rates are high right now. Again, buying a home is a long-term strategy, not a short-term strategy. And eventually, eventually, um, they probably will never go down as low as we've seen them before, but they will go down and you can always come back around and reorganize your, your loans and things like that. So I still think buying a home and instead of leasing is very important. Same thing if you actually own your own business, uh, be it a hygiene uh, owned practice or a doctor owned practice, um, owning your own brick and mortar versus leasing it is definitely a strategy as well that I would suggest. Yes, I love that. These are phenomenal tips. And I want to take a little bit of a shift in this conversation um, because, like I said, it's it's a triple win situation. And part of that revolves around what are we bringing into the practice? So I want to talk about how do we grow that aspect? And I have been a long time... Um, shouter of the concept that mm -hmm. spending eight mm -hmm. hours a day slinging profi pace will not lead to financial freedom or professional mm -hmm. fulfillment. There is so much data and research out there, and you know this, demonstrating the oral systemic health connections and so many mm -hmm. new tools when it comes to diagnostics and treatment modalities. There is truly no reason for hygiene and dentistry to feel monotonous or boring at this point. Mm -hmm. And when we put all these things together, there is so much opportunity for practice and personal growth, which gets way overshadowed by what we get to do to help our patients achieve health and wellness. So will you talk to us about your model for optimizing oral health by focusing on the big picture? I know you created Smile with Heart program. So tell us your passion on that front. Sure. So... I think many of us, for lots of different reasons, um, get in a rut sometimes of being okay with doing bloody profies at a profi price. 
when in actuality, ladies and gentlemen, it is the beginning phases or early phase of periodontal disease. Now, if it's early phase, moderate phase, or late phase periodontal disease, is it not still periodontal disease? And we should still be performing and charging for the appropriate therapy. We have to get out of the verbiage, I think, of using the word trophy and cleanings and start switching over to elevate not only you, but the services that you're providing to the patients, that it is therapy. Yes. Because that word and that connotation when the patients hear it is very different than a cleaning because they're thinking about their free cleaning. Correct. You're now going to start to talk to them about a reason to identify early periodontal disease so that we decrease the effects that that may have on cardiovascular disease. And because we can identify it early now, treat it earlier, and and really try to help them maintain in a way that, that doesn't allow it to come back, because remember, it's episodic in nature. So it can always be opportunistic and come back when, you know, they're not as well as, as they are right now. But um, when you begin to talk like that, it's just, gosh, it just opens up the doors to so much. And, and I'm not even saying that I'm doing it because I'm trying to find more production. Correct. Okay. It, it, that's what you have to get out of the mind. It, it is a yes. byproduct of believing in the science and believing in what you do and honoring the fact that you get the opportunity to educate them, motivate them, uh, do the therapy for them and celebrate their success. And so it really is a mindset, a shift in, um, you know, uh, instead of trading dollars for hours at the office, you really can become this integral member of someone's healthcare team. Yes. Almost more than the medical profession. Yes. Because who else sees these patients for almost 45 minutes to an hour every six months? Do you think their medical professional does? Absolutely not. Preach it, Dr. Wayne. We have, (laughs) we have this beautiful ability. I truly, truly believe in my heart that the people that will lead preventive medicine over the next 10 years will be the dental professionals and specifically dental hygienists. Yes. Yes. I agree. We will lead the world into preventive care. We were built on it. Dentistry was built on prevention. Yes. So this is very natural and normal. It's funny because I talk a lot about when I first got into hygiene, I thought it was preventative. (laughs) It did not take long to realize oh, this is very reactive. There's a lot of really sick people. There's all, everybody's had inflammation going on. This is, there's a lot happening here. And it is a scary place to be, if I'm being honest, because there are a lot of new things coming at us and both on the research and finding side, but also on the tools and opportunity side. And 
I argued at our summit earlier this year, we were talking about um, how to manage time because that is the biggest hindrance for the hygienist mm -hmm. is, and dentistry in general is, is mm -hmm. trying to accomplish everything you're trying to do in that, you know, short period short of time. Period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think I threw out the idea of, I think we have to smash what we have created in the past and just get rid of that mindset because what 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 I see people trying to do is well how do I fit this into what I'm already doing how do I and you're already juggling juggling a million balls there's no more room so I think what we have to step out of that mentality of well my patient's coming today so they're going to get a cleaning today and instead my patient is coming today and I'm going to figure out what's happening with them. And then I'm going to educate them on what I'm seeing and what I think some great options for them are and let them choose that for themselves. And maybe that means they don't get any kind of services done today outside of assessments and education. Mm -hmm. And I want you to speak to this as a doctor, because I know what yes, happens is the doctor brains start going, well, there's no production on the book that day. Talk to us okay. about Okay. Okay. I hear you, doctor, who might be a little short-sighted in having the production of, let's say, I mean, and I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, I'm not even sure what, what my profies cost at this particular moment. But let's say that I have a profi cost here that I'm losing today, but because I did my job well, I educated well, I had patients that trust me, I had patients that say yes to my recommendations, and let's say a week later or two weeks later, they are back in my office with four quadrants of scaling and root planing or two quadrants of one to three teeth scaling and root planing and la la la, that, that is a value of this amount. I'm not really losing any money, am I? I'm not, I'm not. I may not be bringing it in today, but I am bringing it in in a week or so. And then guess what? My patient who I was doing two bloody profies on every year is now going to return to the practice to see me regularly scheduled at three month intervals. And they are going to those three months. They're going to show up when they're supposed to show up because they are going to understand how important it is to have a professional get down and disrupt that bacterial burden and that that whole, you know, because we're going to explain it to them. And yes. we're going to say, if you don't, we're probably going to end up doing this all over again at some point. Yes. And so then you created a whole nother opportunity of loyalty and, and potential care. And then as doctors, you have to remember that every opportunity that we have for those patients to be in our office and to be in our hygiene department, then we are creating the opportunity to talk, visualize something that is wrong, or to talk to them about another service or treatment, be it Invisalign or a night guard or a sleep apparatus. Like every time they come into our practice, there's an opportunity that sits in front of us. So would you like four opportunities a year or would you like two opportunities a year? Yes. I love that. Thank right? you. I knew, I knew you could frame that well. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we treat patients and we, we, we do not treat their pocketbooks. Correct. That's not our decision to make. Correct. Correct. We are experts. They have come to us 
knowledge and our expertise. And it is our, honestly, I feel like it's, it's our duty to share with them what we know. Um, if not, you're really not doing your job, are you? Because no. that's where they're coming. Yes. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And you have to remember too, I always feel like this is a, a really good way to um, explain some things to the patient. It's kind of the Beldonine way. Like, first of all, you have to understand periodontal disease doesn't hurt. It's one of the weirdest infection type situations in the whole body. It doesn't hurt. They yes. can't feel it. So they don't know it's happening. If they made it where it hurt, oh, we, we would have no problem. I know. I, I always joke the door and down the, the, yes. the block, you know, I always joke and say, that's my first question when I get to heaven is how come perio didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it would have helped. It would yes. have helped so yes. much. Yes. Um, well, I think that's important to remember, you know, is it doesn't hurt. And then I try to explain it really. I mean, if I could give all of the listeners a piece of advice that is, do not explain things to make yourself look better, smarter. Don't use the big words. Don't use the scary words. Just talk to them in what I call layman's terms. Yes, yes. Like, just talk to them in words they understand. Yes. They already know you're brilliant and smart and that you're talented at what you do. You don't need to boast yourself. You need to educate them and create value for what you know and what you can give, you know, uh, as far as therapy goes. And so the more simplified you can explain it to them, the better it is. And always use some visuals. Yes. I'm a huge believer that everybody blessed with an intraoral camera in their office, uh, especially in their own room needs to be utilizing it. We have a template that is like an FMX template. It is of 20 pictures wow. and it is not just of teeth. It is yes. of the gums and the teeth at an angle where I literally can see the inflammation or the infiltration of the inflammation on the gums. And I actually can see it better with the intraoral camera light shining on the, on the gum and it reflecting back into the camera than I can with my own eyes sometimes. Nice. And guess what? A picture is worth a thousand words. If you pop that up on the screen and show them that there's inflammation, you can see it. They can see it too. They're not, they're not dumb. Yes. Anybody can see that. Right. And for those who are wondering how we would start that conversation, because maybe you've cleaned them a thousand times before, and now you're embarrassed to be like, tell them there's something that I did or didn't do. No, we now know. Yep. We now know I've taken this picture. You can see this. I'm concerned about it. How about this? You go home, do the very best job you can do. The When you come back the very next time, if it's three months, six months, whatever it is, when the next time that you come back in, we're going to take these same photographs again. And we're going to pop them up side by side. See, they're going to look the same, look better, look worse. And at that time, we will decide then what type of therapy we might need to do in order to get it better. How does that sound? Does that sound fair? And then they're there with you and, and basically partnering with you 
Um, and then they clearly know what's going to happen the next time they come in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's and all, about, how it's all about that empowerment for the patient to own. They've got yeah. to own their condition before they're ready to move forward. And Absolutely. so you don't want to own it. <laughs> right. Right. They didn't even know what was going on. Now you're showing them pictures. They're like, wait, what? Right. Um, but that's why we have to show them what's going on that's because they're right. not feeling it's it true. and they're not seeing it. Well, but, and they're not I, really believing that the probe and the bleeding isn't, I mean, let's, let's get real. They really don't believe that that's not you poking a little correct. too hard. Oh, 100%. Bleed, right? Yes. It doesn't matter what the number it is. They're like, well, she had the pokey thing in there and now it's bleeding. Yep. So that's not my fault. That's what she was doing. Well, right. a picture before you ever even probe. Like it takes all of the questioning of what they need down the road out of play. It's a fact. The picture is a fact. You you didn't make it up. You're not lying. Like so helpful. Yes. Go back to that all the time. And when you're first starting on this journey uh, with like oral diagnostics of saliva samples and stuff, I think it's the perfect segue because you're planting the seed maybe even before you feel 100% comfortable with it, okay? And so it gives you a couple of months to kind of get more knowledge or understand it a little bit better. And then you've got this whole group of people that you know, because it's in your notes, that on this patient, we're going to start off with our pictures, same, better, or worse. If it's worse, you've already maybe shared with them a little bit of information about oral DNA. Now you share a lot of information about it. And, and then you get to start moving forward from there. Yes. And that was one thing. So I love that you said a photo is a fact. It's not a, an opinion. It's this an is opinion. what things look like. So on that front, I love that you brought up salivary diagnostics because I'm very big on that. Um, and what I've been educating, how I educate my patients on this is we do, I'm very big about doing all of my assessments with the patient, meaning yes. they're seeing the pictures. They're hearing me call out the perio reading numbers. They're hearing me call out the bleeding. They're looking in the mirror with me. So they've been a part of that whole process. And then when I explain, hey, I'm really concerned, there's active infection going on in here. Mm -hmm. But really everything that we've just discovered together is the destruction that has already occurred. What I would like to talk about is how do we get rid of what is driving that? And yes. I have not yet, not quite yet, perfected my superhero vision. So I can't see those bacteria <laughs> yet. But I have a right. test that will tell me exactly what is there. And again, it's a fact of what is present. Mm -hmm. And then we know how to attack this. And I think so salivary diagnostics are where our future is going. But I know a mm -hmm. lot of hygienists and some really good friends of mine that I love dearly and are equally as passionate about hygiene as I am are a little uncertain about it because it is a new tool. And here's the reality. This is a scary thing to, to embrace is the therapies that we've been doing for so long that we thought were so effective. When you salivate, when you pre and post test your treatment with, with diagnostics, we aren't always doing what we thought we were doing. And knowing right. what these pathogens are able to do systemically that's not okay with me. And no. it is an uncomfortable place to sit and think, oh my gosh, I did what I thought we should do. And there's still things here. So what do we do mm -hmm. next? So speak to us on that front. Absolutely. I'm not, 
Um, I'm not against antibiotics, systemic antibiotics. I'm not necessarily on the bandwagon for them either. I am for them when we know they need to be utilized, when we know exactly what we need, exactly why we're doing it. We know exactly how long we're going to do it. And of course, we talk to you in our office about um, gut health and, and trying to help them, you know, re repopulate the right type of bacteria. Yes. What we're trying to do is get rid of the wrong type of bacteria Correct. or the amount of it or the burden of it. And I always tell people, I was like, your mouth isn't sterile. We're not trying to make it sterile. Yes. We've just got to, you know, it's kind of like a scale, right? We've got to take the heavy burden of the, the bad bacteria and we've got to switch it get some of it killed off so that the good kind can rebound and then your own healthy body can can maintain that. Two things that I want to talk about just real quick is, hey guys, if you aren't seeing the results that you think you should be seeing in someone, you've done everything that you need to do, you, you've given them the antibiotics, maybe the test results haven't come back the second time around as much as you have, you have to start thinking about their partners. Yeah. You say it this way, I know you're in a loving relationship with your partner. And at this point, I can tell you are trying to do everything you can. I think it is time for us to have your partner come in and let us assess them. When they think about it, you're not necessarily saying it's, you know, contractable, but we know it is. Right. And, um, and then all of a sudden they're like, Husband has a horrible mouth. He never brushes his teeth. I'm doing the best job I can. And I'm frustrated that I'm not getting this taken care of, but I know I'm brushing. I know I'm flossing. I'm using all the rinses. So that's a way we treat a lot of couples. Yep. 100%. Back to something else you said a little while ago, you go, oh, doctor, it's fine. Because guess what? I'm inviting family and friends of our patients to come and join the practice. And we have new patients coming in because I'm, I'm speaking about this, this, um, this loving relationship that my patient has. So that's another little tip to, to share with your doctors. You're helping grow the practice um, by inviting the right people in. Yeah. And I have to say on that note, I have such a privilege of working with a functional medicine doctor who does the same salivary Mm -hmm. testing that we do in our practice. And she has sent me 35 patients in the last few months because she's working on systemic issues and then she's testing and seeing that we have pathogens and I'm treating them. And it's so funny that you're talking about this because I had two patients and you know, functional medicine patients are all about getting this stuff taken care of. Absolutely. So they will do everything you recommend and then want to post-test immediately. And I had two different patients and I'm like, God, I'm just hitting my head up against the wall. One of them I'm certain has some some sleep issues and she's got a study scheduled. Mm -hmm. But the other one, I'm like, God, her gums are pristine, like trophy, pristine. And so I said, I think we need to check your husband. And she's like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get him in the door. I'm like, no, no, no. I can send you the test home. He can just do the sample yeah. at home. And both of those Great people idea. brought me those tests back. I have done yeah. multiple couples now and they look exactly the same every time. Absolutely. Almost exactly the same yes. thumbprint of yes. their test results, which... On the forefront of stuff, if you have somebody who's super gung-ho, go on and educate them and invite their husband to come in rather than later. Treat them both in the same week. Yes. 
what they need the same week, guess what? Then it doesn't get reinfected. Yes. Yes. We also have to remember to treat our retainers, our night guards, and anything else that might be going into the mouth that they may be sleeping in. Yes. Because that bacteria is on those as well. Absolutely. Yes. What other tip was I going to tell you? Oh, um, I have allowed the hygienist in our practice that when they talk, educate um, our patients about peri-protect trays, yes. um, that that is allowed to become a production on their yes. service and their book rather than on the doctor's side. Yes. And so, you know, um, that's a nice, that's a nice additional um, adjunct yes. to services that may not typically be on the hygiene side. And we love to maintain our, you know, um, our patients with paraprotect trays yes, and, and several other tools as well. Yes. Um, I'm not saying that's the only one, but um, it certainly is great for maintenance. Um, we do use it as part of the therapy on occasion. Um, if we have some people with some really intense GI trouble. Um, but I, I am in agreement with you. Pretty much, uh, it's always been, you know, referral sources have usually been number one, internal referral sources, and then your external marketing and ads and Facebook and all those kinds of things. Well, our practice, when we began this journey, this dental wellness journey, our um, practice very, very quickly ended up being um, one-to-one pretty much tied from internal referrals and our medical professionals once we really got going with all of this. And they, like you said, are amazing referral sources because when they say, when your cardiologist after your heart attack says you're going over to her office and you're going to see them, they are there. Like they can't even get an appointment fast enough. Yes. And um, I don't know if you guys utilize comb, you know, 3D comb beam um, services in your office, but we do that as well because we are also looking for hidden dental infections. Absolutely. We can also see the carotid arteries if there's any, um, you know, calcified um, areas. Uh, We send them to um, a a radiology uh, group. Ours is called beam readers. I'm sure there's several out there in this um, world right now, but this is how we also communicate back and forth with our professional doctors. And if somebody is um, wanting to actually help create some buzz in the community about what you're doing, I'm going to highly, highly suggest that even the hygienist take on the role of writing um, letters, professional letters to these doctors. There, you'll ask your patients who their general physicians are or who their functional medicine doctors, who their cardiologists are. And I say that every single time that you see them, you are writing a letter on your professional letterhead and you are sending it along with the diagnostic results. And that will then be sent to them. You may not hear them the first times they see a letter, but eventually they're going to finally pick up this letter the same letterhead that they constantly are seeing. And they're going to go, who are these people? What are they doing? Right. And then they're going to actually look at it. And then all of a sudden you're just going to see this explosion of referral sources in your practice. Yes. And I, you know, my functional medicine doctor and I, we text each other all the time Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because yeah, we're, we're managing, co-managing so many patients together. And that's really where the fun comes in. But I think it's, I think it's everything you just said, you know, 
treating our patients, it is not about the production and collection. Obviously, we want to be a thriving practice and we've got to have enough finances to keep the lights on and to keep everyone paid and to order the supplies. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we don't have to get all wrapped up necessarily in, you know, how many of these did you do and how many of that did you do? If you will look at every single patient and take all of your assessments, look at their medical history, put all the pieces together and do what is right for them, all of the rest falls falls in place, including the fulfillment that you feel as a provider because your patients appreciate you. They're telling their friends and family, you're building your practice that way. So this has been a really fun conversation. I I am so appreciative of your time. And I'm going to um, put your podcast in the show notes so that other, because you've got some great episodes out there. I, I need listeners to hear more yeah. of you. Yes, um, yes. Is, yes. Is there anything you want to leave us with today? Well, I just, I just want to congratulate everybody because if they are listening to your podcast, they are the cream of the crop. They are the people who are passionate about our profession, you know, passionate about what we do and, um, and wanting to save lives and change lives in our patients. And I just think that's just a huge blessing. And I'm just, just grateful to be even a small part of that today with you. (laughs) Well, I'm appreciative of you being a big part of it. Thank you. We appreciate your time and your passion and your expertise And uh, I just want to invite all of you listeners, if you have not yet joined uh, the Bulletproof Mighty Network, come do so, collaborate, ask questions, share wins. That is what we are all about. Um, Thank you all for your time and have a great week. Thanks for taking your valuable time to invest in yourself and listen to this episode. I hope it's been thought-provoking, empowering, and stirred your curiosity. If you've enjoyed this content, please click the subscribe button to catch new episodes or share this episode with your colleagues. To keep track of upcoming Bulletproof events and opportunities, visit BulletproofHygiene.com or better yet, join the Mighty Network Bulletproof Hygiene community to connect with like-minded dental professionals that share ideas, struggles, and wins. Have a great week, everybody.